Chapter Ten of Mystery of the Secret Band by Edith Lavelle. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. In the dead of the night. How about a movie? Suggested Max as the young couple left the hotel dining room. Oh no, Max replied Mary Louise. No thanks. I have to work now. I'm going to stay right here. In the hotel? Doing what? Some investigating. You think that young man is guilty? He looked honest to me. No, I don't believe he's guilty. I'll, I'll explain later, Max, if anything comes of my investigations. Now run along and do something without me. Can I see you tonight? I could probably go to an early show with you after dinner. I'm not sure. So don't stay in Philadelphia just on account of that. I mean, if you want to start back home. I'm going to start home at daylight tomorrow morning, replied the young man. So I'll surely be around tonight, at Stoddard House, soon after seven. All right, I'll see you then. And thanks for a lovely lunch, Max. It's been wonderful. The young man departed, and Mary Louise hunted a desk in one of the smaller rooms of the Bellevue. Set aside for writing. She placed a sheet of paper in front of her and took up a pen, as if she were writing a letter. But what she really wanted to do was think. I was wrong twice, she reasoned first in suspecting Miss Stoddard, then in believing Miss Weinberger guilty. I'll go more carefully this time. If my very first guess was right, that the transient guests were stealing the valuables from Stoddard House, I must begin all over again. Mrs. Hillard said there were two girls staying at the hotel for a day or so, when the silverware and the vase were stolen. Are these girls in league with Mary Green and Pauline Brooks? Are they all members of a secret band of thieves? That's the first question I have to answer. She frowned and opened her notebook. Why hadn't she gotten the names of those girls from Mrs. Hillard's old register? The second crime, the stealing of the watches, she could pin on Mary Green, alias Blondie Jackson. Now for the last three robberies, they had all taken place while Pauline Brooks was at Stoddard House. Mary Louise considered them separately. Pauline could have stolen Miss Granger's money and her picture, but it was a man who entered Mary Louise's bedroom on Friday night and who took her watch and her money. Was one of those young men whom Pauline was dining with today an accomplice? If so, how did he escape from the hotel? Out of Pauline's window? Finally, she thought over the circumstances of Mrs. McGregor's robbery, and she almost laughed out loud at her own stupidity. Pauline had left her own room as soon as the maid came in to clean it. She had slipped into Mrs. McGregor's room and stolen the bag containing the valuables and had left the hotel immediately, before Mrs. McGregor came out of her bath. Why hadn't she thought of that explanation before? The solution seemed logical and plausible, yet how, Mary Louise asked herself, could she prove her accusations? None of these girls had been caught in the act, Probably none of them still possessed the stolen articles, and the money had not been marked in any way or the serial numbers taken. This fact was dreadfully discouraging. If Mary Louise could not prove the girl's guilt, she could do nothing about it. She couldn't even assure Mrs. Hillard that there would be no more robberies at Stoddard House, because she could not know how many members of this gang there were, and the manager could not suspect every transient guest who came to the hotel. No, she concluded, there was nothing to do but try to catch them in a new crime. If they really made it their business to rob hotels, 
they would probably carry out some plan here at the bellevue to-night mary louise's only course was to watch them with this determination in mind she went to the clerk's desk in the lobby can i see the manager she inquired the man looked at her quizzingly wondering whether mary louise was a patron of the hotel or a society girl who wanted to collect money for something are you a guest of the hotel miss he asked or have you an appointment no to both questions she replied but i am a private detective and i want to consult him about something okay agreed the clerk what name please mary louise gay the clerk reached for the telephone and in another minute he told mary louise where to find the manager's office she followed his directions and walked in bravely hoping that the man would not think she was dreadfully young i am staying at a small hotel for women called stoddard house she began to investigate a series of robberies which they have had there the philadelphia police have my name and if you wish to identify me please call mr lestrange i will take your word for it miss gay replied the man smiling these robberies have always occurred when there was a transient guest at the hotel she explained the last series while i was at the place led me to suspect a certain girl the series before that led other people to suspect another girl i find these two girls are living there now at the bellevue they seem to go from one hotel to another for they were at the ritz only last saturday they evidently use different names i should like to meet your hotel detective explain the case to him and get permission to watch these two young women the manager did not appear as surprised as mary louise expected him to be but she could not know how common hotel robberies were at the present time i will send for our detective he said you have my permission to go ahead under his orders of course oh thank you cried mary louise delighted that so far it had been easy the manager sent for the detective a nice-looking man of about thirty he introduced him as mr hayden and repeated mary louise's story what would your plan be miss gay asked the detective he treated her respectfully as if she were indeed a real member of the profession and mary louise felt proud and happy first of all i want to find these girls names on the hotel register and see what names they are using then i want if possible to engage a room near theirs and listen for them all night and third i want you or one of your assistants mr hayden to be right there in readiness in case they do anything to-night you haven't enough evidence to convict them of the robberies at stoddard house asked mr hayden oh no i may be entirely mistaken it is only a clue i am going on but i believe it is worth following up what say you hayden inquired the manager i'm glad to help replied the younger man i'll be on duty to-night anyhow and i'd enjoy the investigation nothing is lost even if nothing does happen then let's go have a look at the register suggested mary louise better send for it said the detective arouse no suspicions the book was brought to them and mary louise looked carefully for the names of pauline brooks and mary green but she did not find them she did however find the name of mary jackson and with it a name of catherine smith both of whom had arrived that day and engaged a room together on the sixth floor those must be the girls she concluded room six o seven what's the nearest room you can give me the manager looked in his records six o nine is moving out to-night would that be enough time or do you want it now no that's plenty of time and another thing can you tell me where mrs weinberger's room is i met her at stoddard house and she would be a sort of chaperone for me her room is on the tenth floor 
was the reply. Ten twenty-six. Thanks. Then put me down for six oh nine, and I'll phone Mrs. Weinberger this afternoon. I'll come back early this evening, and I'll ask Mrs. Weinberger to meet me in one of the reception rooms. Then, could you come there, too, Mr. Hayden? The man nodded, smiling. How correct this girl was about everything. Then I believe it's all arranged, said Mary Louise, rising. I'll go back to Stoddard House, and if you have a chance, Mr. Hayden, will you keep your eye on these girls we're suspecting? But I don't know them, he reminded her. I'd forgotten that. Well, let me describe them. Maybe if you visit the sixth floor, you will see them go in and out. She went on to tell him that Pauline Brooks, or Catherine Smith, as she called herself here, was a striking brunette, and that her companion, Mary Green, or Mary Jackson, was noticeably blonde. That both girls were short and slender and wore fur coats and expensive jewelry. That both were as little as like the typical sneak thieves as could possibly be imagined. As Mary Louise walked along the street, she decided not to tell Mrs. Hillard any of the details of her plans, or who the girls were that she was watching. If nothing came of her theory, she would feel foolish at having failed the third time. Besides, it wasn't fair to the girls to spread suspicion about them, until she had proved them guilty. She stopped at a jewelry store and purchased a small cheap watch, which she put into her handbag. Then she went back to the hotel. Immediately upon her arrival at Stoddard House, she called Mrs. Weinberger on the telephone. Then, assured of her cooperation, she went to Mrs. Hillard's office. I have decided to spend the night at the Bellevue, she said. Mrs. Weinberger is going to be my chaperone. The manager looked doubtful. But I promised your father I'd keep you right here with me, she objected. I know, but this is important. I think I'm on the track of a discovery, and Mrs. Weinberger has promised to look after me. Does she know that you suspect her daughter, Mary Louise? No, because I don't suspect her any longer, or her new husband either. My clues point in another direction. This time I'm not going to say anything about them till I find out how they work out. I suppose that will be all right then, agreed Mrs. Hillard reluctantly. What are your immediate plans, dear? I'm going to sleep until six o'clock, because it's possible I may be awake most of the night. I'll have my dinner here with you then, or with the Walder girls, and after that I'm going to a show with Max. About 9.30, I'll get to the Bellevue. Mrs. Weinberger is going to wait up for me and go to my room with me. I'm afraid something might happen to you, protested the good woman. Mary Louise laughed. Mrs. Hillard, you aren't a bit like an employer to the detective she has hired. Instead, you treat me like a daughter. And you mustn't. I shan't be a bit of use to you if you don't help me go ahead and work hard. I suppose you're right, Mary Louise, sighed Mrs. Hillard, but I had no idea what a lovable child you were when I told your father I didn't mind hiring anybody so young as long as she got results. I only hope I do, exclaimed Mary Louise fervently. She went to her own room, packed only her toilet articles in her handbag, for she had no intention of going to bed that night, and lay down for her nap. It was dark when she awakened. Dressing hurriedly and taking her hat and coat with her, she met the Walder girls in the lobby and accepted their invitation to eat dinner with them. Immediately afterwards, Max arrived at the hotel, and the young couple went directly to a movie. When it was over, the young man suggested that they go somewhere to eat and dance. Mary Louise shook her head. I'm sorry, Max. I'd like to, but I can't. This is all I can be with you tonight. I want you to take me to the Bellevue now. I'm spending the night there. What in thunder are you doing that for? he stormed. Please, calm down, Max, she begged. 
it's perfectly all right mrs weinberger is going to meet me and look after me but i'd rather you didn't say anything about it to mother i can explain better when i get home still i don't like it he muttered nevertheless he took her to the hotel and waited with her until mrs weinberger came downstairs don't forget to be back home for the dance a week from tonight mary lou he said in parting mary louise turned to mrs weinberger have you seen the girls pauline brooks and mary green she asked she had explained over the telephone why she wanted to stay at the bellevue no i haven't replied the older woman but then i have been in my own room how late do you expect to stay up tonight mrs weinberger till about eleven i suppose will you bring your knitting or your magazine to my room till you're ready to go to bed certainly i'll be glad to have your company my dear mr hayden the hotel detective stepped out of the elevator and came to join them there's a sitting-room on the sixth floor he said suppose i go there about midnight miss gay i'm going to have a nap now but my assistant is in charge and if you need him notify the desk and he'll be with you immediately is that okay perfectly satisfactory agreed mary louise taking the key to her room she and mrs weinberger went up together pauline's room was apparently dark but mary louise left her own door open so that mrs weinberger could watch for the girls she herself took up a position where she could not be seen from the doorway she turned on the room radio and a couple of hours passed pleasantly at eleven o'clock mrs weinberger decided to go to her own room and go to bed when she had gone mary louise turned off the light and the radio and closed her door pulling a comfortable chair close beside the keyhole she sat down to wait and to listen for pauline's and mary's return the elevators clicked more frequently as midnight approached more and more guests returned to their rooms mary louise watched them all until she saw pauline brooks and mary green come along the passageway they were in high spirits laughing and talking noisily without any regard for the sleepers in the hotel even through the thick walls mary louise could hear them as they prepared for bed but in half an hour all was quiet both girls were asleep no doubt and mary louise believed that she had had all her trouble for nothing she sighed and dozed in her chair however she was not used to sleeping sitting up and every little noise in the hall aroused her attention she heard a man come along at two o'clock and another at half-past and a little after three she identified the muffled sound of the door of the next room opening leaning forward tensely she glued her eye to the keyhole two young men emerged from the girls's room and staggered about unsteadily as if they were drunk two very small men who somehow looked more like masqueraders than real men although they were correctly dressed except for the fact that they wore their caps instead of hats and had not taken them off in the hotel in spite of their apparently intoxicated condition they walked silently across the hall to room six hundred and fourteen very cautiously one of them took a key from his pocket and after a moment or two he opened the door both young men entered the room but mary louise saw that they did not turn on the light as they went in there's something queer about that she thought and then she remembered the burglar who had entered her own room at stoddard house and had stolen her watch he was very like these young men short and slight and wore a cap perhaps these were pauline's accomplices cautiously she moved her chair aside and slipped out of her room in another moment she reached the sitting-room where mr hayden the detective was dozing over a newspaper come with me she said briefly leading him to room six fourteen i saw two young men enter this room a couple of minutes ago 
the detective knocked gently on the door there was no reply he knocked again the startled voice of a man called out what do you want i'm the hotel detective answered mr hayden i'm sorry to disturb you but please open the door a light flashed on in the room and an elderly man now clad in his dressing gown admitted mary louise and mr hayden this young lady thinks she saw two young men come in here five minutes ago explained the latter were you asleep sir yes was the reply your knock waked me up then if you don't mind we'll search the room have you anything valuable here i certainly have a wallet with five hundred dollars and a set of diamond shirt studs mr hayden went straight to the closet and turned on the light feminine giggles greeted his action don't be mad at us mister pleaded a girl's voice we just had a little too much liquor and we wanted to get some shirt studs for our costumes we're going to a niche party dressed up like men mr hayden smiled and pulled out the two young men from the closet as he snatched off their caps mary louise recognized them instantly pauline brooks and mary green pauline she cried emmy lou in her surprise pauline forgot to act drunk but the next moment she remembered please let us go mister she pleaded taking hold of mr hayden's coat collar was only just a prank prank nothing cried mary louise and these girls aren't intoxicated either mr hayden no i don't believe they are agreed the detective he turned to the owner of the room suppose you check on your valuables sir while i call the police you're not going to send us to jail protested pauline in a perfectly normal tone but we haven't stolen anything you stole plenty at stoddard house mary louise couldn't help saying pauline regarded her accuser with hatred in her eyes so you're the one who's responsible for this she hissed nasty little rat and i thought you were a friend of mine mary louise laughed i'll be a friend when you and your gang give back all the stolen articles and money she replied the elderly man who lived in the room interrupted them two studs are missing he announced i found the wallet with my money in it on the floor yet it was carefully put away last night take off your shoes pauline ordered mary louise that's the place to find missing diamonds the girl had to obey and the studs fell out on the floor it's enough concluded mr hayden here comes my assistant you girls will come with us till the police arrive not in these clothes objected mary green yes just as you are he turned to the man and now good night sir good night and thank you a thousand times was the reply thank miss gay amended mr hayden it was her work tired but satisfied mary louise went back to her own room and removing only her shoes and her dress she slept soundly for the rest of the night end of chapter ten